it's one of those things where we actually see the example of someone who uh, is doing what they were created to do, and God blessing the work that they did. This is the, and this is the first virtuous person that we run into in this story, that Joseph is doing everything that God set him out to do, and God is multiplying the work that he has done, and it, it is a very you know redemptive of mankind kind of a story. Yeah, and he's and he is like to to say exactly what you just said again. Like he's doing Israel's job, right? Yes, Israel, like the nation of Israel, who is supposed to be doing mankind's job because mankind kept doing so many bad things that if they try, they're just screwing it up. So like Israel, now we're gonna do what God said, and that will expand out to all humanity. And he. Like Joseph is doing what he's supposed to do, and that's blessing the nations. Like that's blessing Egypt, which is like yes. the perfect example of not Jews in the Old Testament, because they're the ones who are going to be responsible for all the bad stuff from here on out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But here, here we are with an example of like, hey, what he meant by I'm going to bless people through you is exactly this thing that Joseph is doing. Uh, one of the uh, one one of the many 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 badly named and screwed up kids of Israel. Uh, <laughs> so. We, uh, we, we track from here, though, that we have two people from Pharaoh's court. Cupbearer. Cupbearer and his chief baker. Baker. And they both get thrown in the clink. Indeed. Because reasons. I mean, so one thing to keep in mind here, this is not like, oh, this guy doesn't like Gordon Ramsay, so he threw him in jail. <laughs> like, in ancient times, it's very hard to get access to the king. Yes. And so the guy who brings him his food or the guy who brings him his wine pretty much the only person who's going to talk to him every day. Yes. And so that turns out to be a really important position because you can determine, like, if you know somebody who wants Pharaoh to hear something, you're the only person, like, guaranteed to talk to Pharaoh in the next week. Yes, exactly. You have his ear and his stomach. Yeah. You can you can decide whether to tell Pharaoh about this before or after He's drunk the entire cup of wine you gave him. There, there you go. Before, like, and if you tell him before the cup of wine, like, and like, that's what's holding up the whole show is this thing. He's going to get angry. Yeah. And if you tell him afterwards, like, oh, that's a funny party. It's a great story. idea. And, like, it makes him happier. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, cup bear important. Chief baker super important. Yeah. Yeah. So Some the, they've done something, as you say, to get thrown in jail. They're with Joseph. They both have dreams, and the cup bear says. Oh, no! And Joseph says, why is your face looking down? Wait, we've heard that before. Where have we heard that? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And the cupbearer says the most ancient Egyptian thing ever, which is, I just had a dream, and I have no professional sorcerer here to tell me what it means. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, the blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This means that in three days, so he had three shoots, and he's big picture this is not a super difficult dream to interpret looking back. Like looking back. Yes. Basically, there's three of something that's directly related to him doing his job, and he's dreaming he's doing his job. And so Joseph's interpretation is, in three days you're going to be doing your job. But what he says is, in three days Pharaoh will lift up your head, which again, where have we heard, 
why is your face looking down? You should have it lifted up. Oh, and so turn that smile upside yeah, down. Yeah, I know, right? Turn that frown upside down. So the cupbearer is like, really? He's like, yeah. In three days, you'll be back in your old job. And the cupbearer is really excited now. So the baker says, and this is this is a strict translation. Oh, do me, do me, do me, do me, do me. <laughs> So, Joseph, after having received the emphatic request from the chief baker, he said, that was a great idea. Let let me tell you mine. Uh, I had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket, there are all sorts of baked foods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you. Your head's going up, your shoulders are remaining stationary. And hang you on a tree, <laughs> and the birds will eat the... Um, the birds the birds will be fed that day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so, 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 so the, the, the cupbearer gets the good news, like, hey, Pharaoh will lift your head up. Like, oh, turn your frown upside awesome. down. Awesome! And then the baker gets the bad news. He's like, Pharaoh will lift your head up. And none, nothing else. Just, just your head. Which... I mentioned this before, but I love that, like, because, because the baker ends up getting hanged, it's, like, it's pretty clear that, like, he's not, his head is not literally being lifted up from his body, like, they just went there for the pun. Like, <laughs> they put it that way uh, just for the punchline, <laughs> which yeah. which makes me so happy on the inside. <laughs> and so everything came about exactly like Joseph said. And he said, oh, by the way, hey, cupbearer guy, hey, cupbearer guy, please remember me on the outside. That was kind of a special moment you and I had. There might be people who need special moments outside of prison. Like me, who was stolen from my family and have done nothing to deserve being stuck in this pit. So I don't want to be here anymore. Help. But the cupbearer forgot. Yep. And he didn't just forget for a little bit. He forgot for a long time. How long a time? Two years. Oh, gosh. Oh, which reminds me, speaking of twos. So we've now had two dreams of Joseph's and two dreams of the baker and cupbearer. Yes. Like, just FYI, having multiple dreams was important because while in basically the entire world outside of America, dreams are even today considered, like, a meaningful way God communicates with you or reveals things, that doesn't mean they were, like, that doesn't mean people were just dumb and superstitious. They were completely aware that sometimes you have dreams just because you ate some bad rice and beans. Yes. Like, they were not confused about this. And so you have multiple dreams because if you have one dream, eh, maybe it was just something weird going on. If you correctly interpret one dream, eh, maybe it was just a fluke. Yes. But if you can if you can repeat it, well, then maybe there's something going on here. Yes, like that that makes it makes it more certain. Yeah. So two years later, Pharaoh has two dreams. Boom. Boom. Like there's there's that, there's that multi multiple multiplicitude multiply multiply. There's there's a couple of them. There we go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, or don't, because that's a very dangerous thing that is bad for your health. It'll make the costumes in here smell funny. Definitely. And so... Pharaoh has some funny dreams. And no no one knows what's going on. And just like what happens when the boss says, hey... Tell me what's wrong, and everybody looks at each other like, I don't want to be wrong when I tell the boss what's wrong, but I also don't want to not answer the question. It gets awkward quiet in there. Until... There's this one guy 
who's got his job back. After what do was, you think he was doing? I I think he was probably burying the the king's cup. Oh yeah, that guy. Oh, doesn't he know somebody who can interpret dreams really well? He he does, and it, like he's that reminds me. He's there at the moment in time when the pharaoh's telling about his dream, about his bad dream, and making all of his magicians very upset because none of them know what's going on. But he's standing there like, uh oh, I think oh. I actually know a, a guy. I can actually help with this one. He, um, so uh, here, sir, uh, drink this real quick. Uh, <laughs> you know how you know how we had that one that thing that thing that happened that you and me had that thing back in the day. And I went to the clink, and um, and I came back, but like the baker didn't come back because he was actually the bad one. But you remember, you loved me. Yeah. Well, so, so like while I was there, this met this guy, guy. Yeah, and like, and and uh, and so like um. Yeah, so I had a, I had this dream, and like he told me the whole thing, and it happened exactly like he told me. It the thing that he told me was going to happen because of my dream. Well, I'm here right now. That's that's what the dreams. So maybe if like maybe he can help you. Yeah, 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 you know, like you. What what could it hurt, right? What could it hurt? He, like you just could throw him back in prison if he's wrong. So they got Joseph out of prison, got him looking presentable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought him to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, "I hear you can interpret dreams." And Joseph says the same thing he says every time somebody accuses him of being able to interpret dreams, which is, no, interpretation belongs to God. Now then, tell me your dream. Which, I have to assume he's gotten hit, like, smacked at least a couple times with that intro. But <laughs> Of course, like, no, like, no one could do this job, but go on. <laughs> so Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh's got dreams, too. Uh, there's, there, there's, like, there's, like, sheaves of wheat. And there's like the really good looking sheaves of wheat, and then there's like mm. really skinny sheaves of wheat. Oh. And the skinny sheaves of wheat come and eat the good looking wheat. Which is a terrifying dream. Yes. If you have a bunch of food and the food is eating the other food, that's creepy. And the same thing happens with another dream with cows. Yes, you got big cows. Seven, seven of them. You got seven, little cows. Seven big cows, seven little cows. The seven little cows eat the big cows. At which point. Probably Pharaoh was thinking, this has got to be a dream, because first off, cows don't eat other cows. Right. And second off, those are pieces of wheat. They don't eat anything at all. They're pieces of wheat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I must have done some really bad shrooms. Right. I, like, like, I had stopped drinking the stuff out of the cup, man. So and you can kind of feel for all the like professional dream interpreters being like, what is wrong with this guy? What happens next? What happens next is this is why it's Joseph. This is why... Joseph had to be the guy who told his brothers and his father his dream because he always took things a step too far. Like he could have just said, Hey, I had this really weird dream. There was like bowing sheaves of wheat, but he said exactly what happened in his dreams so that, like, you know, like so it made his brothers hate him and his father be super annoyed. Joseph interprets the dream to Pharaoh and says, hey, you're going to have seven years of really good crops. Awesome. And then you're going to have seven years that erase all of those good crops. Wait, how bad are they going to be? It, it is it is going to be so bad that famine is going to spread across the entire land and no one is going to have any food to eat. It's going to be so bad people don't even remember the good years. Right. Oh, that's bad. That is where he should have stopped if he had any sort of self-control or if he wasn't Joseph. He should, this is the interpretation. This is what's coming. But what he did was he gave that interpretation and said, you know what you ought to do? Let me give you some free advice here, Pharaoh. You ought to, like, because I'm a prisoner. Fei-fei. 
Let me you, give you some free advice. And you listen to my advice. Like, what the? <laughs> why did he? But he went on because he's, jo- he's Joseph. He says, you should put someone in charge who actually knows how to, like, manage your food so that when you have the years of nothing growing, you'll be able to eat. And, and like, the, the audacity it takes to say exactly what he said to Pharaoh as he's standing there in his presence, like, yeah, not for nothing, but you know what you got to do. <laughs> Jail slave. <laughs> Gives free advice to literally the most powerful human on the planet at the time. Yes! And <laughs> the best part, well, and the, the interesting thing to me is that it's pretty clear this is after the interpretation of the dream. So yeah. this seems to be just like Joseph being Joseph. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go ahead and do this now. Like, And to be fair, he's gotten a lot of experience running all of Potiphar's house. Potiphar's yeah. one of the richest guys in Egypt, so he's probably pretty good at this to begin with, but like, it's good advice. Yeah, but like in my in the cinema of my head, he tells him the, the, the dream, and it's like there's like a, there's a banquet table somewhere in the room, and he goes down like kicks his feet up onto the table, like, you know what you ought to do, like picking <laughs> like the like the extra bit of pork out of his teeth, because like, you know, you might throw me back in jail, but I'm going to eat some of this, like some of this chicken wing over here. And he starts like throwing some food in his mouth, like, you know, not for nothing, but you ought to you ought to put somebody in charge who can like who can do all these things. You 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 ought to get on top of this. If like, you know, you're the king. You ought to you ought to do this thing, right? I mean, like I I'd do that if I was you. You ought to prepare for the bad days. <laughs> and Pharaoh says that's a really good idea, and turns and looks at everybody and goes, "Who could we find, who's really insightful?" Could plan for something like this and think about it in advance. Wait a second. There's literally only one person who could tell what my dream meant and had a plan for fixing it. Joseph, how about I pick you? You know what? Not a slave anymore. Yeah. In in fact, so opposite not slave. He, He becomes second in command of the nation. Everybody turns to Joseph for orders. (laughs) <laughs> including Potiphar. <laughs> including Potiphar, yeah. It doesn't say so, but implicitly... If he's still alive, yeah. he's now... <laughs> and it's only been like three years probably, so it seems very unlikely he's dead at this point. Yeah, but I, you know, before we wrap up this, this portion of this section, I've just, I've had this thought just now, which is that Joseph did something that, uh, that great-grandfather Abraham did. Do you remember back when we were talking about Abraham when he went and defeated the kings and uh, like to go rescue Lot? Mm-hmm. And right after he got done, he gave credit to where the, where, where the victory came from. He said, like, this is, this is God's victory, and he didn't soil God's victory by stealing a whole bunch of people's stuff. And he gave the credit where credit was due, and Melchizedek came and blessed him, and he gave him his stuff there. Uh, and, and God recognized him and said, you said the absolute right thing. I was your shield here. And he comes back to him. This is, again, this is, this is where, where Joseph is, every time he interprets the dreams, he says, no one can do this except for God. This is what it is. He doesn't say, no one can do this for God. I sure hope he shows up. He, he's about to do it. But he also says, the reason I'm about to do this has nothing to do with me. I'm a tool. You're not going to like me, but here it comes. And every time he interprets stuff, it happens. And so this is, once again, this is him him giving the credit, just like great-grandpa Abraham did. And he might not have even known that great-grandpa Abraham did that specifically, but it's part of the family legacy. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the legacies that's good. And with what you said before, like, a little earlier before he did this too. Like, so at this point, Pharaoh has made him the second most powerful person basically on earth. And 
he has he's given a high status Egyptian wife, and he's got a fa- he starts a family, and and he has kids, and so at this point, he is ruling. He has kids, one of which is literally named Fruitful. <laughs> he is ruling by doing something like by namely being in charge of making sure things grow really good and we take care of them the way they're supposed to be taken care of. And the result of this is going to be blessing for everyone, including the nations. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait, is this? Oh, wait, this is exactly what Adam and Eve were supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. He, he takes it's exactly humanity's job. Exactly. Yes. Like, <laughs> this is, we're, we're getting to the very end of Genesis and you're going all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it's not just taking care of Egypt. He's taking care of all of the surrounding regions. I mean, it is going to absolutely uh, empower Egypt to become even more powerful than they were before. Because while everybody else is struggling because they cannot create food, people are going to come to Egypt and give them riches, wealth, and even themselves just so they can eat food. So he is taking Egypt and creating a super, a regional superpower that is going to foster his people, his his family, and then the the ultimate plan that God has for what's coming. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that movement process next week. I'm excited because this is the moment in time where Joseph goes a little Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a little bit of his dad's influence going on there. <laughs> he, he also shows that he needs a nap, too, because he, <laughs> he's a little emotionally explosive, too. <laughs> but next week, we won't be in the closet anymore. <laughs> Try to contain your excitement. <laughs> I, I kind of like it in here. I mean, we, it's very colorful. We still have random visitors come by. <laughs> actually, more random visitors than we normally have. <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of hard to find this place, but here we are, man. I mean, this is if if you knew where we were, and this if if you were a member of this church and you know where we are, like, how did people find you? It's like, yeah, especially because you have to walk through a dark hallway and then into a completely dark room to get to us. But it's happened several times. Here we are. This table doesn't. I don't even know where half of this stuff came from, man. I just like I I, sh- I showed up here this morning. So well, got to record somewhere. <laughs> But next week, wherever we are, we're going to finish out the story of Joseph and in finishing his story, finish out the book of Genesis. And then we are going to get on to some topical conversations. And so please, when you hear this, send us the topics, like specific topics that we may have brushed up against before, that we may be on our way uh, uh, approaching, but things that make you go, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that are textually in the Bible. I shared this podcast with someone who does not believe in God recently, and this person got angry. They they got angry. It's disappointing. I was hoping that people who do believe in God would get angry. Well, I, I don't know, but like this person specifically got angry at the naming process of the children and <laughs> said those poor women. And I thought, man, if more people read this story and said those poor children, those poor women, we're doing our job. Yeah, like. That means people are actually reading the Bible because there's definitely stuff in there where you're like, wait, what? They are incensed about the injustice that's happening to these humans. So in any case, we will come back and see the redemption of some injustice done to Joseph. We'll close out this chapter. We'll talk to you next time here on the Unimposters podcast. Where we tell you who bows down to what and where. <laughs> and what room we're doing it in. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> I'm sorry. I could not swing for that one. <laughs> okay, just, I'm gonna make her start. <laughs> you have to do a lot of editing on this one. Uh, I might edit that one out. <laughs> 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 <laughs>